Happy New Year! And welcome back to a 2022 edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's going on, Rob? Nothing. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, man. I'm uh, coming off a lost week of COVID in my house, and uh, it has been friggin' rough. I got to tell you, uh, yeah, well, not fun. Yeah, so a little too much chicanery at New Year's, and I, I was definitely on the worst end of all the people we know who managed to walk out of New Year's with this. So yeah, well, that's um, quite the way to start off 2022. Yeah, it really was. So I mean, we probably weren't going to do a show last week, anyways. But we're a little late in starting 2022. Welcome to everyone. Unfortunately, we're starting this like the same way we started the last two years. Um, that'll, that's the end of COVID talk for the night. Um, hopefully, my voice will hold out. There will be no cans popping tonight. I think we're both drinking tea, right? Rob? Yeah, like, I think so. Well, I got to stay awake for the for the Georgia Alabama. Yeah, game. we're trying to stay awake for the game. We're doing this yeah. a little early tonight. Yep. Um, big thanks, as always, to our friends at Mossy Creek down in Harrisonburg. Um, you can go by the shop anytime, mention the podcast. You can get a free Mossy Creek sticker. Uh, you could set up your fishing trips for the spring. It's definitely time. This is the year for me, for everyone. Last year, I kept claiming I was going to do this. Didn't do it. This is the year, Rob. We're doing this one way or the we other. do it, yeah. Yeah, we're going to talk about a March. Um, I'm going to try to talk you in live on the pod here into a, a March rendezvous at some time, at some point yeah, here. But yeah. I can do it. During the yeah. week's better for me. I'll take yeah, a day we'll, off work. We'll and see what we can do. Yeah. But um, yeah, go by the shop, see them, mention the podcast. They might even have some Mossy Creek coasters left over, uh, but Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. You can get all kinds of cool stuff there. Uh, I don't know. Just all your fishing gear, outdoor gear, everything you could possibly need. Um, those guys are there for you. It's a great time to, you know, it's snowing. Go by the shop. You're, yep. not, you're, not, you're not walking around fishing right now, so go, go <laughs> get what you need. Yeah. Um, so that's the first thing. Rob, we're going to kind of go just, we're going to do like a top 10, but it won't be a top 10. It'll be like a top seven or eight tonight. Um, we're just going to hit a bunch of topics real quick. Say welcome back to everybody. Lightning uh, round. Lightning yeah. round. We, we, yeah. We're even going to do what we're not supposed to do and recommend a couple other podcasts at the end of the show. Um, but thank you to everybody. I hope you all had a good holiday break. Uh, I know, you know, for the most part we did. And uh, there hasn't been much to talk about because there wasn't any basketball until like four days ago. No. And now there's been a lot of basketball in the yeah. last three, you know, three games in the last few days. And we'll start there, Rob. Uh, we'll start with men's hoops. Um, they lost their first game back from an extended COVID slash holiday break. Uh, but I thought they played pretty well by all like, you know, they, they, with, they with played that like caveat. trash in the last two or three minutes. They threw the game away. Mm-hmm. Right. But they lost 87 80 to a pretty good Hofstra team that we think, you know, is another contender. Um, I, I, I mean, don't know. They, what did you they think? They beat Arkansas. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 Byington made some comments after the game about how fat- fatigue played a factor. Mm-hmm. And I you wonder. would think that, yeah, I wonder, like he said from the opening tip, it was kind of like that. And it did seem like, yeah, well, that's going to rear its ugly head in the end. You just, you start making sloppy mistakes, you miss layups, things like that. Um, it, it's never, it's never great to lose a conference game at home, right? but these are such unusual circumstances. I think just getting back out there was yeah. a big one. I'd like to see them, what they got Northeastern tomorrow night. Um, to me, it was, you got to win one of these two, and then hopefully you get your, your hoops legs underneath you and you can start playing more regularly. Yeah. I don't want to write it off. It's a loss. It's not great. But given that it was their first CAA game, um, it was delayed considerably. They hadn't played in like three weeks. That's a lot to put but on. You guys so, had COVID in the meantime, like, yeah, like you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Apparently ripped through like the entire team. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I think it was good. Like rip the bandit off. That's as tough a team as they're going to play in the CAA this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one that got away for sure. They probably should have, should have had it, you know, a couple of missed layups. So I'll get you every time, Turnovers. but just get yeah. back out there. I was just excited to see him get back out there on the court and play again. Well, and to a weird extent, I mean, I, I thought we heard coach O talk about this over the weekend too. They won, but like when you haven't played in a month, it's sort of like another first game of the year. Yeah. And like some of those, like the high turnover number, that's not unexpected. I think coming back off a month plus break, a month break, yeah. you know, and then they were sloppy at the end of the game. And they, like, that's also, you know, they missed some free throws at the end of the game, which is a fatigue thing. Um, the one thing I'd like to see, I mean, I don't have really any particular complaints. I do think they have this weird dynamic to figure out in the last two minutes of games. You know, they pulled out the UVA game because Molson made, some great shots. Ridiculous shots. Right. And we've seen Falden make some great shots. Um, I think the ODU game early in the season, like, Mm -hmm. but those are sort of your two guys. And then it was nice to have a healthy Amadi back this week too. But those are like Falden and Molson. It seemed to be the guys who like, you kind of want taking the shot, but they're not necessarily the guys you want handling the ball in the last two minutes. And they got stuck a couple of times with Molson kind of having to make the play as opposed to just finish the play. And I, I'm sure Byington, it feels like they got to find a way to keep the ball in Morse and Strickland's hands until it's shot time, <laughs> you know, because those are the only two guys that really seem to have a lot of control. By the way, Morse had best game of the year so far. It was great to see him look really healthy and kind of back in the mix. So, yeah, I don't have any major concerns there. I, um, they play Northeastern tomorrow night, and then they, yeah, they host Northeastern tomorrow, maybe. I, <laughs> and yeah. they're supposed to play at William & Mary on Saturday before and then at Elon next Monday. So they may have three games before we play again. I think at least one or two of those teams are out on their own COVID pauses, so who knows? Yeah, it's, it's also a little bit unfortunate. You know, the Dukes finally have a home court advantage for the men's yes. program, and they played the toughest CAA team when the students were away. So that was a bit of a bad break. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's reason to be optimistic. And like you said, that was essentially a, a restart. It was even more than a than a first start. First start, you've got all your prep and everything's going into yeah. all season early into that. This was like, you know, the, the constant waiting, having games canceled at the last minute and days in. So it was like not knowing. And they probably right up until game time, they probably were worried that one was going to be canceled as well. So there was yeah. a lot of circumstantial stuff that made that one difficult. Yeah. Um, yeah, it stinks. Well, it definitely got away, but not the end of the world. And I'm pretty mm-hmm. confident about this team in CIA play. Good. Yeah, me too. And, uh, on the other side, uh, the women's team was nice. They got two wins to start yeah. off CAA play, beat William and & Mary and Elon uh, this weekend. Uh, they go to Towson Sunday, so they're only scheduled for one game between now and next week. Uh, just good to see them, you know, get back on track. They didn't even have Claire Neff in the first of the William & Mary game. Um, I don't know how William & Mary is so bad at women's basketball. It seems yeah. like they should be better. Like, that should be something they could It seems like that should be a niche. Yes, it does. And, yeah. and I don't know how they're so bad, but they are bad. Um, but Elon's not bad, and they won no. that game as well. Uh, they played well. I, I mean, there there were some roles. Like, I thought Maddie Green seemed to take control of the team a little bit in a positive way. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kiki's still Kiki. Um, but they're getting some good play from Goodman inside that's really helping them. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was just pleased for them to get back on the winning track and Maybe they can get a little confidence, you know. Elon's tough too. Elon's very yeah. scrappy, if not 
a little feisty. Maybe the yeah, word like a thorn in JMU's side the last couple of years. Yeah, they really have. Um, mm-hmm. And they were down the stretch. You know, it, that was a. Yeah. Did you watch the end? Like it was a really weird call for Kiki. I thought it should have you been a flagrant. That. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the rule is, but to me, it's like an obvious scoring opportunity. I, I thought you either call a flagrant and you get the mm-hmm. ball, or you don't call it at all and give JMU that basket once right. you got rid of it. Right. And then it was not a smart play to reach uh-huh. in and contest that three pointer. In fact, it was an incredibly not smart. It was dumb, uh-huh. um, but it was all ball. Like that was a terrible yes. call. Thank goodness she missed it. She missed the free throw and then you know missed the intentional miss. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a good one. Get back on track and get get a couple wins under their belt and go from here. Yeah. So good to see that. Uh, the one big note, uh, uh, one of the notes, we're going to get to football in a second and all kinds of football topics. Um, but one thing I was really excited, I know we both were, Rob, um, Jalen Ford made Team USA. Yeah. Uh, and not just kind of made Team USA, but if I, from what I could tell, she's like maybe the top left-handed pitcher. And certainly like there's only, they only took four pitchers. Mm-hmm. And one of them is kind of a pitcher slash utility. So really she made the top three. I mean, she's a rotation pitcher it looked like behind monica abbott maybe but montana fouts the current alabama pitcher was the other one i mean i think monica abbott the former tennessee great has been the starter you know semi-starter i know they had cat osterman at the olympics but like that's a big deal for jalen ford to make the olympic team Um, yeah it really was and you know it the the team usa just you know they've been coached for I, i don't know almost two decades by mike candrea the just retired university of arizona head coach and so this was the first team selected by the new Team USA coach, Heather Tarr, the University of Washington coach. Um, so kind of cool. I mean, certainly JMU is not – no one's being overlooked because it says JMU by their name anymore, I guess is what – it's no, so it, nice. That's what I, the College World Series seems to be. I think it could right swing now. the other direction now. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, no one gets you noticed, yeah. Yeah, and that was just it, – it's just such a cool thing. I mean, Jalen Ford really started all of this. She was before Megan, before CC, before all of this, right? And, you know, Bath County High School, Hot Springs, Virginia, like just true Valley kid. Um, just awesome to see. Uh, Team USA is going to play in the 2022 World Games this summer in July. So after the College World Series, July 7th or 17th, I'm sure the College World Series will hear all about this. Team USA will be playing in Birmingham, Sunbelt Country, um, <laughs> this summer. So that's pretty cool. And, you know, I think just in general, I, I, Rob, I was really, I also thought it was awesome that Alyssa Humphrey, her tweet was, when I grow up, I want to be like Jalen Ford. Yeah. And I just kind of went nuts about that. I know this is like a little too, you know, inside baseball. These guys are two old dorks that have been following this forever. But, you know, it's been, there was five years between Jalen Ford leaving JMU and Alyssa Humphrey stepping Showing foot up. on that campus. Yeah. Like this was not, Someone that like Alyssa Humphrey should be, you know, they're not best friends. <laughs> like, it's not a former teammate. It's not it's, Odyssey to her. You know, like, yeah. It's like, probably legitimately somebody she grew up rooting Watch for. It. Yeah. 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 And has seen, if you followed pro ball in the last five years, Jalen Ford has, you know, she's really been a professional, you know, played in Japan, played, you know, done whatever she could to keep playing softball as a career. And, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of, I, w- I don't blame anyone who doesn't want to do that because <laughs> it's not like a, you know, it's not the most lucrative easy thing path. you can do with your life and it's yeah. not an easy thing to do. Right. Yeah. Mm. But that was just really cool. And, and to think that JMU from coach Dean, coach Laporte has gone from, you know, the group that came up with Jalen Ford 
all the way to the group we have now. It just made me so excited for the spring and for softball. And speaking of that, Rob, that was the other thing I want to say. Uh, I was looking at the softball schedule. So they start, I don't know, soon. But they play forever on the road, as they always do. They play like a month on the road from yeah, well, mid-February well, wait to mid-March. Yeah, wait for the East Coast to thaw out. Yeah, and at some point they come home and play some random one-offs at home, or they're supposed to, but we all know sometimes those get snowed out in like early March and stuff. Um, but the first big – JMU is hosting a tournament this year, Rob. It is March 11th to 13th, with the Saturday being March 12th. Uh, they play Maryland Friday and Sunday – and they host Arkansas and Lehigh in a doubleheader on that Saturday, March 12th. Um, that's awesome. And yeah, that's pretty cool. I just kind of wanted to put the seed out there of an idea for, for not just for us, but for, you know, everybody out there. Like, JMU Arkansas at home in March, that's the game looking at the schedule this year. That's the one you want to see. Yeah. If you want to go cheer on this team and thank them for last year and see what this team's all about this year, that's the one you want to be at. Um, so just putting that out there now, March 12th. Uh, I, I don't know if that's like probably spring break for the students or something, but uh, you know, it, we're not, we don't have a conference tournament to worry about in, in men's or women's hoops. So yeah. nobody has anything else going on. So yeah, nobody's, nobody's making a trip. VMP and watch the softball uh, take on the SEC. Yeah. That's all I got there, Rob. Um, lacrosse preseason number 12, pretty cool. Uh, a couple of, you know, Third team All American preseason, Molly Darty and Rachel. Molly's Nady. up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and lacrosse, just, you know, we got, they're about a month from um, beginning of the season. So they, they host defending national champ and preseason number one, North Carolina on February 12th at one o'clock. That is a Saturday as well. So that's a cool thing. Um, don't have much else there yet, but looking forward to them as well. Those two teams, softball and lacrosse. I'm looking forward to baseball for other reasons, but not necessarily for postseason opportunities. But lacrosse and softball are probably the last two, you know, team sports with real legitimate shots at the at a postseason berth at JMU in the whatever FCS era. So that's all. Uh, my only baseball story this week, Rob, is a, a guy. <laughs> so I was sick last week, and we had a dog walker, and it was weird, and I had to like you know yell from the kitchen and stuff. And the guy like came to the door and he saw my hat and then I went out on the front porch and then he's, I had my JMU hat on and he's like, Oh, did you go to JMU? And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, I'm a big baseball fan. They got a hot shot prospect down there. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know all about that or whatever. And he was like, uh, you know, and I was kind of out of it. <laughs> he's like down at the curb. It was so weird. Um, but he's like, it's just so weird to have a, a big baseball prospect from such a small school. that doesn't really play sports. And I was oh, like, man. and he was really nice. Like he was being nice. Wasn't about being, it. it wasn't yeah. like, it wasn't in any way. Like it was not, a, he had a Buffalo Bills hat on. Like it was not yeah. a an older gentleman. Like it was not like a, a Mason guy trying to give me a hard time or something, you know, yeah. like this was not, um, yeah. Um, and I was like, actually, you know, if you're a big baseball guy, I was like, it's a great softball school. I was like, girls went to this college world series last year. And he's like, Oh, I didn't even know that. He's like, I didn't realize. I was like, yeah, football's moving. To, you know, they're, yeah. <laughs> then I'm like, why am I even trying to, trying to yeah, have this conversation from 20 yards away? Spreading the word. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was really funny. But again, another reminder of the good thing. So one, it will be fun to watch Chase the Lauder and have everybody focus on JMU baseball. Two, it, it's pretty cool to uh, hopefully, I, I really, again, another reminder that the Sun Belt will, will start to uh, move the needle a little bit, I think. 
um, from this like small school that doesn't really play sports, which I think was his exact quote, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, baseball, it's a good move. It's, it's a very good baseball conference. I'm a little bit nervous actually. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this. So we're excited to say we've, we've, uh, we may have some, we've got the things coming up. And one of the things that we're both nervous, uh, we're excited for, but we're also a little overwhelmed by is the number of people like us who exist for Sunbelt schools. Like, it's awesome, but it's also like, I don't even know who to reach out to, which one's the best one for like, yeah, you don't know, like sites, you know, like there's yep. multiple sites. Um, but these people are serious about baseball. Yeah, they are. Well, college baseball is a big deal. In, yeah, like the Louisiana schools and the Alabama yeah. and the Mississippi school, like Southern Miss, these people are like, I mean, I'm seeing like countdowns. They're like, oh, it's huge. days till opening pitch and stuff, you know, first pitch. It's huge. Like, like yeah, everybody, every, I mean, yeah. in pro baseball, everybody tends to think of it being, you know, like the Northeast, you know, the Boston, New York, the Yacella corridor. Yeah. But baseball, there's huge baseball fans in the South. They just prefer college baseball because they don't have teams. You know, you got the Braves yeah. as the yeah. region, but no, it's a big deal. Um, you know, people get season tickets. They pack those games in there and yeah. Sunbelt's very competitive. There's some really good teams. So yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a chance to level up, but Jamie's going to need to really raise its up. game. Right yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. wow. Yeah. These teams are, uh, there's a lot of these teams care about this a lot. Yeah. They really do. They really do. Yeah. Um, and it's neat with Chase Delano. Like he kind of, came out of nowhere. You know, he's a guy who had a major growth spurt. He was a, a, I don't want to say nothing prospect. I mean, the guy's D1 college baseball player, but I don't think he was on the radar for anybody in terms of, oh, this guy's going to be a future first round pick. He's now ranked by most of the services as the number one college player eligible mm-hmm. for the draft. Um, mm-hmm. He absolutely blew up in the Cape Cod League. That's where this all started. Okay. I think he led the Cape Cod League in, in home runs. Um, okay. That's similar to like the Valley League. I don't know. If yeah, you know yeah. College yeah, baseball, yeah. but it's kind of the premier one, you know, mm-hmm. there, there's a lot of really, really good pros that come out of there. So yeah, his star is definitely rising and I mean, it's, it's hard to fathom Jamie, you having a potential top 10 pick in any sport, but if he plays as well as, as he did last summer and last spring, yeah, he's gonna be a top five, top 10 pick. So. Well, and you know, baseball's weird. Like, I mean, even if he doesn't play as well and he's not a top 10, he's getting picked. Like, he's gonna pick. Like oh, now, yeah, like, he's what's the hype is on you in baseball. Yeah. You're like, it's... well, and the number one pick will probably be um, is it Andrew Jones's kid coming out of oh, high school? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like some high school kid. It, I didn't it's know it's a couple Andrew high school Jones's. kids that are that are real top ones. But yeah, I saw the yeah. Nats signed uh, Juan Soto's little brother. It's like 15 today in a futile attempt to uh, you know the learners aren't ponying up that cash, so I don't know what no. signing the little brother is going to do. <laughs> So, I thought yeah. one of the other brothers signed with the Mets, but I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. That's, that's probably true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah. So, all right. Well, on to football, Rob. Um, we'll start with the tough one, but not really. Right. Antoine Wells leaving in the transfer portal. Uh, I don't think any major surprise to us, obviously disappointing. You know, most people have digested this by now. Um, but then the news today, he's committed to South Carolina. And I have to say, I feel 100% better about this. Not 100%, but I feel considerably better um, now that he, I, I didn't have any like real concern that he wasn't going to sign with an SEC, ACC type school. But, I, you know, I, I thought he was better than Tech or UVA. I'm sorry to those schools, but I thought he was better than that. And this felt like, okay. And I also think it's pretty cool that like, you know, Spencer Rattler's going to South Carolina, was t- getting all hyped today about Antoine Wells transferring like, 
there's a big opportunity. There, uh, there, one thing's for sure. The spotlight will be bright there. You know? it, it's a good move. And, and Todd, I think you'd probably understand this analogy. I equate it a lot to American soccer stars that go over to Europe. Yes. And, and some of them aim too high. And they go to like a top tier Champions League club mm-hmm. when they'd really be better off going to a Dortmund mm-hmm. or, you know, a, a, yeah. a, a mm-hmm. Fulham. And, and let's, like you want him to go yeah. someplace where it's going to be in a good league, but he's going to be able to play. And and my fear was, do, does he shoot too high and go to a, try to go to an Alabama or something? And I'm not even saying that yeah, was an option. Yeah, he had an offer from Auburn and I was like, man, that could get really dicey. That, that right? could get like, really dicey. Like they got yeah. somebody down there. I think South Carolina is a great situation. You got, mm-hmm. you know, a coach entering in his second year with a lot of momentum. I think Beamer really proved himself down the stretch that he's maybe turning this around or making them competitive a little sooner than people thought he would. Mm-hmm. I think he's going in there. Obviously, Rattler's a tremendous quarterback, but it's also nice he's going in there and he needs to build rapport with all the receivers. Mm-hmm. So it's not like Wells needs to go in there and and beat out the QB's favorite guy. I think it's kind of yes. an even playing Room, field, so to speak. Your roommate or something, yeah. 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 Um, so I, I just think it's good. Like I think South Carolina is a good program, but it's uh-huh. one he can legitimately go in there and compete for a starting job. And yeah. that was my fear. I, I wasn't worried that he was going to go to what I would consider to be like a parallel move or even just to like EVA. Yeah, no, Nothing there are programs. offers out there from like Coastal and ECU. And I was like, yeah. well, he's not going to ECU he's not going to there. play yeah, for He's not going Houston. to Buffalo. He's not doing you know? that, right? Like, um, yeah. I don't think it makes sense to go to Tech given the uncertainty they have at, yes, at quarterback. Yeah. I think this makes a lot of sense. You know, he can go yep. in there. He can raise his draft stock. Um, mm-hmm. th- there's an argument made maybe staying around and putting up like ridiculous numbers that gets you on sports center sort of thing would have yeah. done the same thing, but he didn't know who his quarterback was going to be. The guy clearly wants to play on Sundays. If he thinks this is the best opportunity for him, God bless him. You know, I'll cheer for the guy. It's funny. Cause I think if JMU wasn't moving up, then you set up a Cooper cup type scenario yeah. where you can, do, where you can do what you just said, Robin, and just, you know, blow the doors off everybody and have the hype train run yeah. wild. Um, but there's a lot of uncertainty at JMU about what the next year or two is going to bring. And mm-hmm. I, I don't begrudge, I don't begrudge this one at all. Um, no. And then the other one, I, I mean, good for him. I, I saw Kyle Adams signed as a, some kind of a, Preferable I don't know what his status is. Yeah. PWO maybe at, at Purdue. Um, that's the backup quarterback for JMU. I, I don't think anybody, you know, I wish him well, that's his hometown team. He went to West Lafayette high school. Yeah. Like, I hope he does well, right? I hope yeah. he gets a chance to play. Um, he seems like a smart enough kid. Um, it's pretty clear listening to Signetti today, and this is our next topic, is we're going to talk about the JMU did get a train. First of all, I don't think the portal has been bad for JMU so far. I think it's been a net positive. Yeah, I think overall it's been a net positive. I mean, first yeah. of all, JMU had a lot more. We heard from Signetti today they had 72 kids on scholarship this year. They can go up to 85 next year. They're not going to go all the way to 85, but JMU probably had more openings before all the season ended portal stuff started than a lot of schools because mm-hmm. they just have more scholarships to give yeah. going up than other schools. Um, but you watch Louisiana and what's happened to them. They've lost like half their team yeah. in the portal. Um, uh, you know, they lost their coach and, and that's what, when you have that kind of transition, another point for keeping Signetti around for all the people who were yelling after the loss in Fargo. Um, but Jamie, got a transfer quarterback, uh, Toddy Centeo. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but he's coming from Colorado state. 
started at Colorado State, appears to have been a pretty good player, seems pretty excited to be coming to JMU. You know, overall, like you said, Rob, I think the portal's probably been a net positive. I don't think you can replace a guy like Antoine Wells, who might be the best athlete that ever played at JMU. But, like, besides that, like... Yeah, but this you guy know. Green from Mom is pretty good. Yeah, the they're from, really um, cleaning up on guys who like want their opportunity. Yeah, yeah. the guy from Boston College. Um, mm-hmm. from, I also think like it's so funny because everybody thinks of Signetti as like this old school, put your hand in the dirt, three yards in a cloud of dust. The guy's a former wide receiver coach. And, and I think if he's done yeah. anything, he's earned the benefit of the doubt with being I mean, able hell, to find receivers. And and yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like Wells, awesome. Things go the way they have been going, he will play on Sundays, but he was not heavily recruited out no. of high school, went to prep school, was not heavily recruited out of prep school. Um, the guy deserves a lot of credit for working hard and improving his game, but let's also take a look. Like every receiver who's played for Signetti has improved his game. Like the, and the, the guy knows, Monmouth, you know, he posted, I saw he posted that thing where he scored a yeah. touchdown at Bridgeforth in the Monmouth JMU game a couple years yeah. ago. So Signetti saw him, up close early on as well right? yeah, yeah. Like, like, i think the guy has earned the benefit of the doubt with yeah. his eye for receiving talent and for being able to create an offense that highlights these guys um yeah polk uh-huh. was was unreal and thornton and everybody it's just um we saw Ravenel, you know step up so i i yeah. think it's it's not a position we should be concerned with. We shouldn't be jumping up and down or minimizing Wells' departure. It's a big mm-hmm. deal. Like you said, the guy is about as good as anybody who's ever worn the purple and gold. Mm-hmm. Um, but next man up, and Signetti's proven that that works under him. So For sure. Um, I, so we're gonna, we think we're going to get the schedule around January 26th is all the rumor we keep hearing um, that everybody else keeps hearing. Uh, it seems like the Sun Belt has been kicking and kicking and kicking the can in hopes that, possibly in hopes that JMU, among others, is going to get their full schedule sorted out. Um, we're really confident of that. It sounded like Signetti on the call today, on the presser today, was very confident of that. Um, that's exciting news for JMU. Uh, I don't, you know, so that's kind of, I was trying to think what else here, Rob. I mean, oh, the one thing on the portal with the kid from Colorado State. The, the quarterback situation. Signetti did address it today, and I thought it was, I thought it was at least worth pointing out. And I was very pleased um, that while we do have a transfer from Colorado State, Signetti said that all three will have an opportunity mm-hmm. um, come this summer. Meaning, Centeno, uh, Barnett, and Atkins. Barnett, Alonzo Barnett, the new freshman yeah. coming, the highly recruited freshman from Greensboro is coming in, and Billy Atkins. The, yeah. You know sort of quarterback in waiting. And I think you and I wanted to, we've been kind of hoping that I think we were, look, we've been hopeful. We were hopeful when the Duke kid was out there. We've been hopeful that a transfer would come in to beef up the room, but we've been here before (laughs) a few times with this like highly sought after transfer comes in and then something happens. Right. And I, I I can't think of – I'm losing track of who, but I feel like both Dudzik and Shore had to fight off other – Shore had to fight off the guy from uh, – Kansas State, right? Or, no, that was Billy Kosh. Yeah. Billy Kosh yeah. is now coordinator at Richmond, I think, by yeah, the way. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, some some dude from like South Carolina maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't and he remember, came in yeah. and everybody's like, oh, he's going to light the world on fire. And I think he quit the team after like four weeks. Like, not only did he, did. he lose the job, uh-huh. I think he—I don't think he made it the whole semester. 
No, he didn't. And, and we ended up with Brian Shore. So, I mean, yeah. that's, that was sort of where I was is I didn't want to like, hand, I mean, look, if you, you know, if, if the guy's the best, then he's the best, yeah. but I didn't want to like write off the guys were had sticking around. And I had the sense from Signetti when at, when uh, Adams, Kyle Adams was leaving that when he put his name in the portal, even before the Purdue thing, um, you know, that Atkins, we all had the sense at the end of the season, Atkins had kind of risen up the chart to be number two. And, and of course I'm, you know, I think a lot of people are pretty excited to see what Barnett might have. So I'm just excited to watch all three. I did hear Barnett. I think, I think both Barnett graduated early and is enrolling at JMU for the spring. I think he said something like midterm or something. Midterm maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know how the system works down there, but yeah, it sounded like both, uh, you know, both of the new guys besides Atkins were going to be here for spring ball for like the full season. So everyone will at least have a shot in the spring and maybe we'll have a sense, you know, by the spring game of what, what's to come this summer. Um, and as we just saw from Cole Johnson, if Atkins or Barnett don't win the job this year, it's not the end of the world. doesn't mean they can go on to be great. You know, no, and I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, particularly with freshmen, they got four, four more, what? Barnett's coming in as a true freshman. Atkins yeah. is a redshirt freshman. Yeah. Even if he sits next year, he yeah. still could be a two-year starter. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, this is the frustrating thing. And I, we don't have to get – we're not going to get off track about the portal. But there's been over a 1,000 kids in the portal and only like a third of them have gone to a new school so yeah. far. So I don't know. My sense is the COVID year and everything else, this might settle down eventually. Um, we'll see. So I, I don't think – Oh, the other thing we were going to just the last thing we were going to hit on, Rob, was just the news that the college football playoff as of today is not going to expand in the immediate future. Um, I don't think that was like, I I don't really care. It's not shocking. It's not, uh, not, I don't know, whatever. It still seems like they're hopeful and somewhat on track. Um, It's clear that one or two of the, the SEC, who seems to have the most power, seems to be okay with the playoff expanding. Mm hmm. Every, they'll get more like, teams. They'll <laughs> get more teams, right? And yeah. the other non-power or the other Power Five conferences seem really concerned about protecting like aut- any automatic bids, potential automatic bids for just Power Five teams, because um, they're Pac twelve. Pac twelve was like, we're all in. Whatever you want, right. expand it. Well, yeah. and I think the Pac twelve they have to understand more than anyone. Like the sport, them and the SEC. If it's just a regional sport, it's not going to work for anyone. Yeah. Right. And the Pac 12's got to be tired of losing all their California players to everyone else. Mm-hmm. So I, they're clearly putting money in at USC mm-hmm. and UCLA. I mean, look at the coaches, you know, like Utah, Oregon, yeah. Utah. Yeah. They're clearly putting money in. So I, yeah. I mean, eventually, I, I, I still think this seems like it's going to happen. It may be 2026. It doesn't really matter to JMU. Like 2026, 2028, 2024, none of those really like, just as long as it expands at some point. And I feel like if there's 12 slots, if you're a really, really good group of five team, like Cincinnati was this year, it doesn't really matter what like the auto versus non auto bid situation is that much. Like if if you're, you know, there have been years where the BCS or the F the new year six participant from the group of five was not good, but the years when those teams were really good, it felt like 12 would have done it. Would have like those yeah, those like UCF teams or the Boise teams or yeah. Yeah, that NIU team, like those teams would have got there. And mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah, there have been some years when whatever. But I, so 
to me, the most important thing is that it continue their movement keeps growing to expand it. And I have to think with the bowl season debacle this year, this is going to happen. I mean, yeah, even ESPN, like who wants to, nobody's watching these games when, I mean, people are watching the games more than a lot of other things, but like when everyone's going to opt out and the games don't matter, you know, that will solve that is if the games do matter, make them matter, yeah. make them matter. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think that's about all we wanted to cover tonight. I, our two recommendations were we have not gotten a chance to listen or I have not gotten a chance to listen, Rob, but I know there are two podcasts on my list that I really do want to listen. I, I thought it was great that Bennett and Jack had Harry O'Kelly on. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing um, from him and I'm sure he has some funny stuff to say. And then I also, I really like the D1 softball. It's called D1, just like the, the letter D1 softball, D1 softball podcast. It's a, uh, Two women, Tara Henry and Rhiannon Potkey, uh, that do that podcast. They run like a, I think they've been doing this from like old days because they have like a service, a subscription service for softball coverage. Um, but they're really positive. I, I really enjoy their stuff. And they had Coach Laporte on last. That was like their New Year, big New Year special. So, yeah, wasn't there some? Wasn't it like the coaching convention in Nashville? Maybe been. Yeah, Didn't you speak at that. I think. Yeah, and and just they're really nice, and that's a fun. That's been a fun list. Them and the and the guys from In the Circle, those have been kind of my two national softball ones that I've really focused on um, last year on the run to Oklahoma City. And we'll be looking forward to with the spring coming up. So uh, I don't know if you've got anything else, Rob. Um, no, I'm happy we're going to wrap this up. It's before 2022 kickoff and we're going to the Sun Belt. So yeah. like, enjoy it, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm scared for the baseball program. <laughs> Thankfully, they're not going to the Sun Belt this year. <laughs> turn the corner they they were doing a little better last year in the season but um yeah they need to step up a bit you can't just coast through and play like they did in the CIA if you're an also ran in the CIA it could get ugly in the Sun Belt yeah and and just really looking forward to having students back and in, in the rest of this basketball season at home it's great and uh look you know I, I still I feel like both teams have Good play in remaining in them this year, um, no matter what the stakes are for either one of them. And just would like to see them uh, keep climbing. So, Rob, with that, we'll call it early this week. And uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Enjoy the game tonight. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Be healthy, everybody. Yes, be healthy. Um, I will talk to you next week, Rob. All right. Have a good week. Go Dukes.
go solo. Oh, I go solo. 